0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today is another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in and I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. Today's question comes from Zoe and it was quite lengthy, so I've abridged it for the purpose of this recording. And left out some of the details that were in the email. And Zoe asks, "I purchased my first investment property, a mixed-use triplex, consisting of a commercial main floor unit and two two-bedroom residential units in Hamilton, Ontario, back in October of 2021. At the time, we paid 1.1 million for it and put down 25%, and we borrowed the remaining 825,000 from the bank at a 2% fixed rate for one year. Prior to closing." My lawyer hadn't received the zoning verification back from the city in time for their acquisition date. He told me the zoning should be fine for the barber who was occupying the commercial space as they'd been there for two years. He did not advise me to ask for an extension, and he did not advise me to not move forward without having the verification. After closing, the verification came back, indicating that indeed personal services were not allowed due to the number of residential units in the building. So the barber shop in the commercial space was not a permitted use. We figured that since the barber was already in place and had just renewed the lease, that we would cross our fingers and hope for the best. Frankly, not sure what else to do. Initially, we were generating 1200 a month in positive cash flow. Then in February of 2022, the barber in the commercial unit stopped paying the rent. We ultimately evicted the barber. We did put the commercial unit up for lease, but due to the zoning, we could only advertise for office space, and during the pandemic, there was not much demand for office space and rents were extremely depressed and they continue to be depressed even to this day for that kind of office space. An idea to convert the commercial unit to a two-bedroom residential unit was investigated and it seemed like a value-add option to increase the rents and the value of the property. But there would be a tax consequence to the change of use, resulting in a tax payment of $50,000. One year after the purchase, the mortgage was renewed and we thought we were gonna be pivoting to a residential use, so we did not take out a lower rate fixed rate loan. The open variable rate increased to 8.2%, and we are now experiencing extremely high negative cash flow. Six months later, at the end of February, the permit for the residential conversion was finally approved, and new quotes for the conversion are double the original estimate that we had. At this time, my question to you is, what do you recommend in this situation? Well, Zoe, I hate to hear situations like this. Choosing a solution depends on your time horizon and your priorities. As a result, there's no one right answer, but I'll explore a couple of avenues. It goes without saying that you've surely found several learnings, albeit painful ones from this experience. You know that you paid too much for the property. You know that there were steps that were missed in due diligence. I don't need to belabor those points. So here we go you have enough cash in reserve to complete the renovation. If you decide not to do the renovation but hang on to that cash, that's a fairly sizable reserve that could fund the negative cash flow for a very long time. So you could do nothing and just fund the cash flow out of reserves. But your loan will renew in a couple of years. You might be required to demonstrate to the lender that you meet the debt coverage ratio. And at that point, the lender might require cash injection in order to keep the loan in good standing. That's a real risk. So I do not recommend the do-nothing approach. Selling the building at a loss right now doesn't seem to make sense to me either. You'll get out of a bad loan and you'll stop the bleeding on the negative cash flow, but you'll lose most of your equity. That just doesn't make sense to me. Rental buildings have a way of fixing themselves over time through the magic of inflation. Given sufficient time you'll probably be fine. You just need to make sure that you don't fall into a financial trap in the meantime. In my opinion, you should choose to stop the bleeding as a priority. And the best way to do that is either to increase the revenue or to deleverage the property. Increasing the revenue in the short term is not really possible, and the investment of $150,000 into the property will improve the cash flow by about $1,000 a month. In order to accomplish that, you're going to need to go through a lot of work to get there, and there's some risk that you face an even greater cost to overrun in the process of converting the commercial unit to residential, and that would be a problem. I also don't like the idea of writing a check for 50000 to the government for the tax. This is money that's going out the door, and it's not an investment that would actually add any value to the property. On the other hand, you could put the 150000 that you have in cash in reserves right now and put that directly towards principal paydown. That would reduce your monthly cash requirement by a bit more than 1000 a month. So it would have the same impact from a cash flow perspective, maybe even better. And the impact would be immediate. Now, maybe you don't have to put down all of the cash, maybe just most of it, and keep a bit in reserve just in case. Injecting cash will absolutely lower your rate of return, but you probably knew that was going to happen anyway. At least you're not risking financial ruin. The property will, if well-maintained, continue to generate income for you for decades to come. That's how real estate works. So you might choose to deleverage further, maybe do a couple of other real estate transactions over the next couple of years and inject the profits of those transactions towards paying down principal even further until you reach a point of comfort with your leverage. You are a little bit over leveraged for the income that you have in the property. You see, we live in an inflationary environment and what seems like a high rent of 1900 a month for a two-bedroom apartment will seem cheap in five years. Maybe with inflation, you'll be getting 3000 a month in rent for that same two-bedroom apartment. Now, it feels like you paid too much for the asset from today's perspective, and you did. But time and inflation have a way of erasing the sins of the past, as long as you don't get upside down. The rents in that same building back in the 1970s were probably only a few hundred dollars a month, And if you told the owner back then that someday those same apartments would rent for $1,900 a month, they would have laughed in your face. And yet here we are. So, inflation has three effects it wipes out the purchasing power for those on fixed income, it wipes out savings, and it wipes out debt. And since you know that governments are not going to stop printing money anytime soon, they're not going to become bastions of fiscal responsibility. Don't bet against inflation. Inflation's here to stay. We can argue about what the rate is, but inflation's here to stay. So, structure your business to benefit from inflation. And that means holding the asset for the long term, making sure that you push your rents up to the market each and every year and make sure you don't fall behind. And deleveraging the property to a safe level will drop a lot of equity in the property, but it's equity that's going to be well protected, it's going to be safe, and it's money that's being put to work for you. I want to thank you, Zoe, for a fantastic question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.